heard that song before, a weekly radio show where we pick a song from the Great American Songbook and invite a guest into the studio to listen to various renditions and interpretations of that song. In studio today, we have a very good friend and colleague, Mr. Lee Bush. And Lee, what tune did you pick for us this week? Jimmy Van Heusen, Johnny Burke lyric, Here's That Rainy Day. A wonderful example of storytelling of the human plight. Well, Lee, before we jump into this great American song, last time you were on our program, we didn't get to explore enough about your teaching life. I know you've been doing that now for some 40-odd years, am I correct? Well, actually, I gave my first guitar lesson, I think, in 1956. Been teaching all this time, still haven't learned a thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, Lee, I know you've been teaching jazz theory and jazz harmony for a number of years now, and I know you use a lot of these great American songs in your class. Well, the songs are first, you know, wonderfully crafted, yet artistically clothed. But what I really have discovered over the last maybe six or seven years is the integral part that lyrics and the storyline play in the structure and development of the musical side of the piece of music. How do your students respond to these songs? Are they receptive to this notion of melody and lyrics? Well, I think that in many cases they hadn't thought about it, although, you know, certainly in the stream of popular music, words have been always very important. But I think that what students respond to is the timelessness of the stories told. I like to point out to students that the language used in the lyrics of what we call the Great American Songbook, the standards, is very simple. And I think the stroke of genius is that we can say really profound things in very simple language. It's magnificent. Well, Lee, the tune that you've chosen for us today, Here's That Rainy Day by Johnny Burke and Jimmy Van Heusen, certainly is a prime example of those points you've just made. And I think we should listen to a version by Frank Sinatra, because as we know, Sinatra recorded many, many Van Heusen, Johnny Burke numbers in the late 40s and the 50s. So I thought we would start there with a classic rendition of Here's That Rainy Day by Jimmy Van Heusen and Johnny Burke. And this is Frank Sinatra. should have saved those leftover dreams funny but here's that rainy day here's that rainy day they told me about and I laughed at the thought that it might turn out this way where is that worn out wish that I threw aside After it brought my love so near Funny how love 
So that was Frank Sinatra with a lovely arrangement by Gordon Jenkins doing the Van Heusenberg standard, Here's That Rainy Day. Well, you commented that it's not a very happy song. It's actually a profoundly sad song, wouldn't you say? Well, and it's the story of a player, someone who enters into relationships romantically that isn't really sincere about any lasting or deep intent, and he gets victimized by his own methodology. Uh, a player gets played. Yeah, certainly not your moon in June and everything is happy. I mean, it reflects the sophistication of that era. When you talk about the popular songs that were being written by 1950, the subject matter was very deep, often very, very sad. You and I have had this conversation many times. You can almost find anything in the human condition in these songs. Certainly, that is one of the strengths of this body of music. I mean, there are many levels to these lyrics which are going to dictate the performance, the arrangement, the selection of harmonies, and they're really quite involved, subtle, if you care to dig that far, or you can just lay back and listen to the song. Well, Lee, I look forward to exploring the various levels of this brilliant Johnny Burke lyric. Here's that rainy day. What is that rainy day? That's actually an agricultural dictum of save your money for a rainy day, which came from farmers knowing that weather was not always going to be favorable. And if they had a terrifically rainy growing season, they weren't going to make a lot of money. So you had to save something. You had to be prepared for the fact the rains are going to come. I didn't realize it came from that old expression. And Lee, this song really utilizes irony a lot, wouldn't you say? A number of times the word funny is used, but it certainly hasn't got anything to do with humor. Right. Funny is used ironically, very, very much, yeah. Nothing funny. This is tragedy. This is a self-inflicted crisis, and it's funny. Irony is certainly a big part of the spirit of the song. Well, Lee, why don't we listen to another rendition of this great classic American song, Here's That Rainy Day, and you've brought us in a marvelous recording by Gene Perling and the Singers Unlimited. And I was really fascinated to learn that Oscar Peterson, the great Canadian jazz pianist, discovered this singing group. 
Well, the story of the group was studio singers in Chicago doing jingles. They had, for a Christmas present, made a Christmas album a cappella. And through some means, and this I'm not privy to, Oscar Peterson heard that recording and was very enthusiastic and set up a recording abroad of 15 subsequent albums by these folks. Hmm. And Gene Perling is the musical mastermind behind this group? Yeah, Gene had the former jazz group, an all-male quartet called the Hilos. Oh, yeah. And he was responsible for the arrangements. Most unusual. And Lee, this record that we're going to hear of Here's That Rainy Day actually features Oscar Peterson. Am I correct? Yeah. That's right, Joe. A wonderful side of Oscar's playing, and it's his trio with George Mraz. I believe I said it was Louis Hayes. Hayes. Yes, Louis Hayes. And this incredible assembly of voices. I think we should just listen to it, and then we can talk about what all that means. Here's Jimmy Van Heusen and Johnny Burks. Here's That Rainy Day, performed by Singers Unlimited.
rising chord. was Here's That Rainy Day by Jimmy Van Heusen and Johnny Burke, performed by the Singers Unlimited, and featured on that particular cut was the great Oscar Peterson on the piano. Lee, thank you so much for bringing in that performance. That was really beautiful. Well, this is a unique and I think very significant group of musicians, but I think that listening to the harmonies of those singers, and a little sidebar to this is that this is four people, three men, Don Shelton, Len Dressler, and Gene Perling, and one female, Bonnie Herman, overdubbed any number of times, which in the studio takes a great deal of vocal ability. And then the reflection of the arrangement and how it's sung of the mood and response to the song and its lyrics. Gene, who I spent a week with in 1977, just hung out with him and picked his brain a little bit, and he is keenly attuned to the lyric content. And it's reflected in everything he writes. Isn't it interesting that he also, like the Sinatra version that we started the show with, both those renditions ended on a minor chord, the sort of sadder tonality. Of course, we know that the original music ended on a major chord, very upbeat kind of. But I have to admit, I think it's more appropriate for that song to end on a minor chord. It's a very sad song, as we've been saying. Yes, and I think the way that the minor at the end, the sad tonality is treated, it's irony, you hope you've learned your lesson, but also you've missed something really good by your bad behavior. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to say that was some of the most lyrical Oscar Peterson I've heard in quite some time. He obviously thoroughly enjoyed playing with those singers. Well, his playing and his touch, as you mentioned during the cut, reflect, again, the power of a song. And his response, one of the consummate jazz musicians, Oscar is, you know, known throughout one the world. One of the masters, yeah. One of the masters, and his ability to respond to this piece of music, as well as, you know, the context it was in, absolutely stunning, you know. And we know this song has been really a favor for not just singers, for the great lyric, but jazz musicians have loved this song. For years, we're going to hear one of the great jazz guitar players of all times, Kenny Burrell. Kenny Burrell's my hero. (laughs) A lyrical player who I also have had the privilege to spend some time with and know his complete affinity with the lyric. 
We're going to be listening now to a instrumental version of the Van Heusenberg classic. Here's that rainy day. This comes from a 1965 prestige record that Kenny made called Soul Call. Well, I think that, again, great songs lend themselves to a lot of introspective playing, and Kenny is one of the great lyricists on the instrument. I think you'll hear that by his rendition, he has thought a lot about what this song's about. Well, why don't we have a listen to this great guitarist doing this great American song, Here's That Rainy Day. Again, this is Kenny Burrell.
That, of course, was the great jazz guitarist Kenny Burrell playing Jimmy Van Heusen and Johnny Burke's Here's That Rainy Day from an album on Prestige 1965 entitled Soul Call. And Lee, that was really a beautiful tune. As we mentioned earlier, this song has been a favorite of jazz musicians for many years. I think that if you think a little bit about Kenny Burrell and those of you who have not heard Kenny Burrell, you might find that his roots were out of Detroit and in the blues community. Recorded with the great Jimmy Smith. Oh, the great Jimmy Smith many times. And you can hear the moan in this song and the tinges of the blues vocabulary, the stylistic way he approaches it. Yet it's not blatant. It's very subtle. And the irony and the dark cloud hanging over the person who is talking about what he or she has done to themselves is reflected in this performance, even though you don't know the words or you don't have them present. That's this case. Well, we think about within the story of the song, the sort of surprise at finding yourself in your position that you've gotten yourself into. There's also something about the music and the harmony of this song that, without getting too technical, the first four bars of this song, there's sort of a constant surprise. Your ears are a little bit surprised. That chord is followed by that chord. It doesn't move the way a normal standard would work. I mean, I think this was a very important song in that respect. Well, it opens the door for a series of harmonies, chords saying something about the lyric, like maybe and bang, the chord changes and the lyric is telling you, I should have done something differently. (laughs) (laughs) And I find myself shocked at what a stupid thing I've done, you know. But I think also there's a tenderness, a reflection in the way Kenny plays particularly, but I think even the other chord examples we've listened to reflect that here's human nature at work and here's some of the catastrophes we foist on ourselves. Well, that brings us to our next rendition of this song, which I think is very self-deprecating. Everyone's going to be very familiar with this performer. I thought we would continue with the great Tony Bennett. This is from an album Tony did in tribute to his friend Frank Sinatra. We were speaking earlier about how you can almost hear Tony Bennett smiling at himself, realizing that he was the fool. And of course, we know Tony Bennett as one of the great storytellers of all time. He really brings home the fool getting fooled. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) And I really think that Tony brings something very self-deprecating to it. You know, he really knows he blew it. And of course, Tony Bennett being the great storyteller he is, he really conveys this notion of a guy who really knows he's blown it. (laughs) There's no doubt who's at fault here. Yeah. When we hear Sinatra sing it, there's a real melancholy, a sadness in his interpretation, whereas Tony Bennett is somehow or another letting you in on the fact that he's the fool. He's kind of laughing at himself at the end of this affair. It seems a little bit more upbeat almost. Tony's rendition is animated, right? where you can see Frank Sinatra in his trench coat and his hat in the bar, cigarette in <laughs> hand, and half a scotch on the... Yeah, a little gloomier. It's really sad. So after the three other renditions of this song that we've listened to today, this begins quite differently, don't you think? Right. The other three recorded examples have sort of a somber tone of rain falling, if you will, and it's cold and it's damp. This is in stark contrast. So why don't we listen to the great Tony Bennett from his tribute album to Frank Sinatra. This is Tony Bennett singing Jimmy Van Heusen's Here's That Rainy Day. Ah, 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 ah,
should have saved those leftover dreams. Funny, but here's that rainy day. Here's that rainy day they told me about. Very conversational. And I laughed at the thought that it might turn out this way. Almost a self-commentary. Where is that worn-out wish that I threw aside after it brought my lover near? Funny how love becomes a cold, rainy day. Funny that rainy day is here. Bennett singing the Johnny Burke, Jimmy Van Heusen composition, Here's That Rainy Day. And as you pointed out, Lee, he was beautifully accompanied by the great Ralph Sharon on the piano on that record. It was his musical director for some long period of time. Many, many years, yes. And that came from Tony's tribute album to Frank Sinatra. Perfectly Frank. Certainly, one of the things about all these songs, and this one in particular, is that it gives the opportunity for any kind of performer, be it an instrumentalist or vocalist or a vocal group, as we've heard, to put their own spin on the universality of the story. You know, everybody has a take on what it is to be in this situation, namely to be um, messing around and get messed up, you know, as you've done it to yourself. And we were commenting that 
Tony's style on that is very conversational, and you really feel like he's telling you something. You know, it's like he's almost speaking and singing. Well, when he said, funny how love becomes a cold, rainy day. Well, you hear him sort of even chuckle when he says funny a couple times. <laughs> right. You know, funny, irony funny. Huh? Irony funny, uh, yes. Joke's on me, folks. <laughs> well, you get the feeling, yeah, I mean, he knows the story, but he's not out of the game. Where my own personal reaction to Sinatra's rendition was that he's always out of the game. <laughs> he never wins, you know. And Kenny Burrell was reflecting on maybe the whole idea of irony and love gone wrong, especially at your own hand. The singer's unlimited the mood. You feel drenched, if you will, in that soggy sort of sadness when you finally realize that not only did you get played as you were playing, but maybe in one sense the lyrics is suggesting that the person you tried to play and played you was actually maybe a really good thing that you lost. Oh, I think that's definitely built into the lyric. Yeah, I think that that's there. And also the wonderful, wonderful craft of Johnny Burke. I love the alliteration. Where is that worn out wish? A lovely sense of language. Listen to this. Alec Wilder, who has written about songwriters in the American popular song and was a composer himself, says this about Here's That Rainy Day. The song must have been written under extremely intense circumstances. But there's also a story I heard from my contractor, Artie Kaplan, in New York when I was there, who talks about Perry Como calling Jimmy Van Heusen, telling him to watch his television show. So Jimmy says he would. After the show, Perry Como calls him back and says, how would you like the show? And Jimmy Van Heusen said, oh, it was fine. He said, how do you like the last song? He said, oh, it was nice. He said, what do you mean it's nice? You wrote it. And Jimmy Van Heusen said, I did. What, he'd forgotten that he'd written this piece? Yes. <laughs> How do you forget you write such a song after seeing someone say that it was written under very intense circumstances? <laughs> yeah, it is surprising that he would have forgotten about that tune, but it was cut from the original musical that it came from, A Carnival in Flanders. I don't think it ever made it to a single performance. Right, and I think the show only had a single performance. <laughs> it was a flop. So Van Heusen probably never gave it much thought after that. They just wrote it off. Well, it's been an awful lot of fun talking to you about this great song by Jimmy Van Heusen and lyrics by Johnny Burke, Here's That Rainy Day. And as is our tradition here on I've Heard That Song Before, we're going to play a bonus track for our guest. And today, Lee, I thought we would keep this rainy day theme going and listen to something by the great Joe Williams, of course, the singer who was with the Count Basie Orchestra for a number of years. This comes from a record recorded live at Birdland in 1962 and features some other Count Basie alumni, including Sweets Edison and Jimmy Forrest. And we're going to hear a great Harry Warren tune. I'm sure you're going to be familiar with this song. This is September in the Rain. Gee whiz, George Shearing had a hit with this. Oh, that this. was a big record for him, wasn't right, it? Right, in the early 50s, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, after you know listening to all these beautiful renditions of a rather sad song, I thought we would end on an upbeat note. And although the theme is rainy, the spirit of the song is very celebratory and upbeat. Rain is not always a downer. <laughs> Never goes up, but it's not a downer. <laughs> this tune swings. Joe Williams got a swing. And we're going to hear him perform September in the Rain by Harry Warren. And this is recorded live in Birdland in New York City, 1962. And of course, we get a classic Birdland intro from the famous MC at Birdland, Pee Wee Marquette. He will be introducing Mr. Williams on this rendition of September in the Rain. It'll be great to go back to the original Birdland. Ladies and gentlemen, at Birdland, take a great deal of pride in presenting to you at this time, Joe Williams! <laughs> 
Mother Brown came tumbling down, remember, in September, in the rain. Sun went out just like a dying ember that September. All the raindrops seemed to play a sweet refrain Though spring is here to me, it is still September September, and we were together in the rain Joe Williams, the great Joe Williams, singing the Harry Warren classic, September in the Rain. I thought we'd keep that rain theme going from earlier, but this was a little different, a sort of more nostalgic take yeah, we, rain. Yeah, we didn't get too wet on that one. <laughs> we didn't get drenched. Yeah, it seems to be a pretty positive storyline that says, I can remember in the rain that that was really nice. And of course, a very swinging band there featuring Sweets Edison. You even hear Joe Williams announce... Sweet Edison when he takes that nice trumpet solo. Uh, of course, he was a member of the Count Basie Orchestra for years and years. And once again, we've had a wonderful time today in the studio with our guest, Cleveland area jazz guitarist and educator, Lee Bush. Thank you so much for coming down here today, Lee, exploring these wonderful renditions of Here's That Rainy Day by Jimmy Van Heusen and Johnny Burke. My pleasure. You've been listening to I've Heard That Song Before. I'm your host, Joe Hunter, and we'll see you next week. I've Heard That Song Before is a production of the Front Porch People. Listen to more great conversations at thefrontporchpeople.com. Thank you for listening. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast. 
a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.